All right, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to discuss this Denver Nuggets win over the Chicago Bulls. Final score, 126-103. This was a blowout. This was a game that the Nuggets really had control of from the beginning. They started the game off winning the first quarter 32-20. to and they really never looked back. There was a brief stretch in the second quarter where they kind of gave up a little bit of a lead, but honestly, this was a route. This was a route disguised by some occasional good shooting by Chicago, some some turnovers here or there that Denver had. But honestly, this was fantastic. This is the way that you want to finish a road trip where you're two and one heading into this thing. You could either go three and one or two and two. And those have two distinctly different feels, I think, where you lost the game in Boston, you have an opportunity to recover, but you also, it's understandable if you lose the next game where, okay, two and two road trip, not that bad. You'll just recover and try to win all the games at home. Instead, you take care of business and you win a game that was clearly winnable. The Bulls are not playing their best basketball right now. And the Nuggets absolutely took advantage in the way that you wanted them to, where they scored and they didn't have to go through Nikola Jokic a ton as a scorer in order to make that happen. On this podcast, we'll talk about MPJ's big night, as well as some good stuff from the rest of the starting unit. We'll talk about the bench, which didn't have Bones Highland use Jamal Murray in his place. Then we're going to talk about character building and how these are the wins that I'm talking about when I talk about championship building habits. This is one that you can absolutely look back on. But first, We got to talk about MPJ. We got to talk about the man of the hour, the one who you absolutely know had to bring it tonight, really struggled in the game against Boston. I think he went three of 10, seven points, four rebounds was like a minus 24. He almost gets all of that back tonight, going plus 23 in just 24 minutes, 31 points on 11 of 16 from the field. Six of nine from three, just one rebound, but it didn't really matter. Had two assists and two steals. And this was one of those games where you could see it coming with the way that he approached the first quarter. Unfortunately, he got into some foul trouble in the second quarter, or else we might have seen a historic shooting night from MPJ. But it was on both ends of the floor where you were just really excited. We'll start with the defense first, because I think that's. I mean, the offense is fantastic, but the defense is a really big development here. The Nuggets only allowed 103 points to Chicago. They only allowed 20 points in the first quarter. They did allow 29 in the third, but it wasn't a big deal. They still outscored them by six in that quarter. And it was just one of those things where you know that Porter's going to be in position as the rotation guy in a lot of these plays. DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Ayo Dusumu, Goran Dragic. And Alex Caruso, all five of those guys, not necessarily players that MPJ is going to defend, but they're all going to handle the ball in pick and roll, come off of screens, isolate, do things like that. And so Michael Porter, not necessarily going to be on the ball a whole bunch, but he's going to be in position as a rotation guy. And when I say that this may be his best defensive game, I don't think that's underselling it. Honestly, this was a game where The effort level was high. Michael Porter's ability to read the court 
was at the highest I've ever seen it. And you're looking for these flashbulb plays where he gets a major block or he gets a just like uh, an awesome defensive stop against in an isolation or whatnot. He had a couple of those plays against Boston, but it wasn't clearly as good. In this game, he was in position every single time. He was making shots difficult every single time, making passes difficult every single time. And that is the level of effort and the level of focus and intensity you're looking for on a night like this, where you know that you can put the Chicago Bulls away. You know that you can really make them suffer. But in order to do that, you have to do it on both ends. You can't just outscore them. And Denver did it on both ends. And I thought that Porter was a really great example of that, where you always put him in position to rotate, to get deflections, get some steals. He was doing the thing tonight, and Denver's been coaching this, where inside pick and rolls, the Nuggets will have they'll have the weak side low man rotate all the way across the paint. Sometimes he'll be on the other side of the rim. When you're supposed to go back to the weak side corner, when the pass goes over the top, you're supposed to make that a tough pass, a long pass to give the defense time to recover. I don't know if Porter was beat on that any time at all. He was in position rotating in front of uh, Nikola Vucevic, made his life difficult. And he was just like, it was one of my favorite performances from Porter that I've seen so far. And it was because the defense was really anchoring the performance. Not to mention the offense. Like, let's talk about that now. 31 points in 24 minutes. First of all, that's incredible. But what's really impressive about it was he did it in so many different ways. There were a lot of different ways that he got shots. A lot of it was just off-ball movement, don't get me wrong, but he was reading the floor so well that he was able to create pretty open shots for him. And sometimes those are contested shots for other guys, but those are shots that MPJ can make in his sleep and has shown that consistently. He read the floor well and generated those looks, and Nikola Jokic was more than happy to hit him. So was the rest of the team. Jokic had 14 assists tonight. We'll get to him in a bit. But Porter was the main guy who capitalized on that. Bruce Brown also hit Michael Porter a couple times, but everybody was really looking for Michael Porter tonight, and he absolutely delivered. 11 of 16, 6 of 9. That means he went 5 of 7 from 2. He'd been struggling from two-point range for much of the time this year. Now he recovers, and he had some really, really impressive moves tonight. He had a back cut on Alex Caruso, where Alex Caruso played his shot so much that Porter just basically ran a give and go with Yoke, and Jokic just kind of lobbed a, a little pass right into the shoot or into the pocket for Michael Porter, and he laid it up and won. There was another one where Porter kind of turned the corner and had a Euro step. I think it was against Andre Drummond, if I'm not mistaken. But Porter, when he gets moving like that and dribbling like that, it's a thing of beauty because it's one of those things that you don't necessarily see a lot. A lot of times he'll just shoot. A lot of times he will create enough space for himself on the perimeter or in the mid-range and just take that shot. When he's dribbling and in control, and can show the rest of his game driving to the rim, that is another level. 
to his offensive game that we just have not seen as consistently yet. So maybe this is a step. Maybe this is a step in that direction as he feels a little bit more comfortable. This is his 13th game, or his 12th game, actually. Denver's for 13th game. He is taking the proper steps on both the offensive and defensive end that you would be hoping for. And after having a bad game last game, he had a kind of a subpar game in Indiana too. He really recovered. This was a game that you can look back at and say, yeah, he was the biggest reason why they won. Even though Jokic will will probably take most of that credit on most nights, Porter is the guy that the Chicago Bulls just had no answer for. He was creating offense and Jokic was finding him consistently. As I mentioned, Nikola, 28 minutes, had eight points on four or four from the field, zero free throw attempts, zero threes, didn't need to do a damn thing. He had six rebounds, lower than he usually has, but he had 14 assists and three steals compared to just two turnovers. Was a plus 29 in 28 minutes. And you watch what he's doing, where he's quarterbacking at the top, or he's getting into the post, or he's running pick and rolls. And he's always got his eyes up. He's always trying to read the defense. And every single time tonight, except for the two turnovers, but I don't even remember when those were, pretty much every single time tonight, he read the defense right. And the Nuggets were cutting around him so well. To the point where all you needed was just a little bit of space. All you needed was a little bit of an alley. And Jokic found it. He found Porter several times on back cuts, on three-pointers, whatnot. He also found KCP a couple times. He found Aaron Gordon on a lob pass over the top for sure. Uh, Pretty sure he found Bruce Brown. It's just easy with him. It just... He makes the game look so simple. And it's funny, on a night like tonight where Joel Embiid just absolutely dominated, just was freaking incredible against Utah, where he put up 59 and had like seven blocks and had a near triple double base, near quadruple double, basically. Jokic dominates in his own way. Jokic, and I don't necessarily want to compare these two because it's it's unnecessary in a podcast like this. But Jokic was so understated in how he dominated the game. He was incredible tonight. I was listening to the Chicago Bulls broadcast, and they were raving about him the entire night. He didn't like – they were saying like at one point uh, the main commentator was like, oh, he has a – he had a bad game. Only had eight points. And Stacey King was like, no, he, he dominated. He was absolutely fantastic in this game. 14 assists. To quarterback everything. And it makes things easy for players like Jamal Murray, for KCP, for even Porter and Gordon. Like those guys, they will just riff off of everything that he does. And when you can do that, as well as defend the way that Denver defended tonight, that's a special team. As a special, special group. I'm not gonna spoke I'm not gonna speak too much on Jamal Murray because I'm gonna talk about him a little bit more with the bench. But when he was with the starters, he absolutely cooked. There, there's no no doubt about that. He started off the game a little bit slow, but as he got into the flow of things, scored a little bit more frequently, had some assists, but he also had some hockey assists where Jokic then passes off to somebody else, even though Murray set him up. 
So like Denver was just moving the ball tonight extremely well. They had 21 assists at halftime, 33 on the game. So they slowed down a little bit in the in the second half, but wasn't really a big deal because they scored 64 points in the second half compared to 62 in the first. This offense is just humming right now. It's crazy. But Murray was a part of that. He was good. Uh, Definitely the second scorer tonight behind MPJ. But just a fantastic performance from Denver's offense. And and Murray wasn't fantastic. I'm not going to give him that label because he, he definitely didn't start the game off great. But seeing him recover with the way that the Chicago Bulls were playing him, I'll talk about it more in the second segment. KCP, Aaron Gordon, they each deserve a lot of credit tonight for the matchups that they had against Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. Those guys scored 37 points on 26 shots, but the fact that they couldn't get up more shots, I think says a lot, actually. I think it says a lot that Chicago's offense was a little bit discombobulated. They had a few turnovers. They didn't necessarily get the valuable shots that they were hoping for. They shot just six of 22 from three. The Chicago defense or the Chicago offense did. Aaron Gordon didn't have a good game against Jason Tatum on Friday. Thought he had a great game against DeRozan. KCP didn't have a great game against Jalen Brown. Thought he had a great game against Zach Levine. Denver was rotating their defense to make sure to overload to those guys. They gave Aaron Gordon and KCP the necessary help. Michael Porter deserves some credit for that on the backside for sure. But I honestly think that if Aaron Gordon and KCP don't execute that scheme well, then DeRozan and Levine get to the free throw line a bunch and they make this a closer contest. But they only allowed 11 combined free throws between those two stars. and. Chicago committed 18 turnovers. It's not like this isn't rocket science. Denver, they weren't perfect tonight. Like they allowed, I think, close to like it was 49% from the field that they allowed for Chicago. But it was the types of shots that they allowed. They only allowed Chicago to shoot 22 threes and they only made six. So Denver outscored Chicago by 21 points from the three-point line alone. That was the margin, honestly. So it's great to see Denver being able to do that. And Aaron Gordon, KCP, they were the head of that snake. They were absolutely very important in that in that capacity. No like massive stats for either of those guys, but KCP had 10 points. He got to the free throw line five times, two steals. Aaron Gordon, 13 points. He made his only three. 13 points and six shots, four of six from the line. It's pretty good. Pretty good night. Hard to complain. Overall, great night for the starters. They weren't fantastic together. Like, I think they were just about a. Actually, let's look it up. I think I have it here. Um, Their minutes tonight, they only played 13 total minutes together because of the way that they stagger, but still had a plus 14 net rating tonight. I think they were like plus six, somewhere around there. So it wasn't perfect. But they were good on both ends. Had a 118 offensive rating, 103.7 defensive rating. It's basically in line with what they've done all year, which has been fantastic. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we will talk about the bench and some good things that came from this bench, unlike last game. We'll be right back. 
Ira back, pickaxe and roll, Ryan Blackburn here. I want to tell you a little bit about Superbook Sports. Football's back already in week 10. Uh, season is going very quickly in the NFL. And nobody is more excited to help you bet on the season than Superbook. They're bringing Vegas-style wagering to the palm of your hands with their app. And now they'll match 100% of your first bet with them up to $1,000, no matter if that bet wins or loses. You don't have to be at the stadium to enjoy football this fall. Now it's getting to winter here pretty soon. Just visit Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start getting in on all of the action. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. I'm back. Let's talk about the bench unit for this Nuggets team. And in order to talk about it, we got a context thing. We have to give some context here. Bones went into health and safety protocols right before the Boston game. Ish Smith, I'm not sure if he's there or not, but he was also out. He's been out with a with a sore calf. And so Denver has been in this situation over the course of these last couple of games where been without Bones, in a situation where you have to survive with that bench unit kind of hindered. You don't have your primary scorer with that group. Last couple of times, they've gone to Michael Porter with that group, and it hasn't really worked. They, I think Denver's had some struggles generating offense, figuring out what to do, and so they changed things up tonight. They went with Jamal Murray in that second unit, which to me also showcases some trust with Jamal and with the minutes that he's allowed to play. Played 32 minutes tonight, probably could have been up to about 36 if the game was uh, anywhere close by the end of this. Jamal's in a good place where he's playing these minutes. He's getting back. He's working through some things. Didn't look great in the first half. And a lot of that was with this bench unit. And for that reason, the Denver's bench unit really struggled. They had some difficulties for sure in creating good offense, finding opportunities for Jamal Murray to get up good shots. He was bothered a lot of the night by Alex Caruso. Caruso attempted one shot tonight, had zero points, had three turnovers, but he was only a minus two in his minutes because he had three steals and a block. And a lot of that came while defending Jamal. Now, Jamal only had two turnovers himself. So like Bruce Brown, I think probably had more of those issues. We'll get to him in a bit here. But I do think that the bench unit is starting to develop this identity that if the lead playmaker struggles, then they're mostly going to struggle. And that's not really a surprise. Like, I don't think anybody should be like floored by that take. But Denver doesn't have a lot of other ways with that bench to win other than with the lead playmaker doing well. Now, tonight, the second half was a different story. And the bench has actually been much better in second halves than they have in first halves. For for whatever reason, like the first stint is just horrible and it usually puts Denver like in a really bad spot. But the second half, they get them kind of back into things. They kind of square some things up, which is pretty interesting. But you've got this bench unit of Murray, Bruce Brown, Casey or not Casey B, Christian Brown. Jeff Green and DeAndre Jordan. I thought that Zeke Naji would play. 
over DeAndre Jordan. But the reason I thought that was because I didn't realize that Andre Drummond was there. Andre Drummond is a big body. He's going to roll. He's going to have a big impact in his minutes. In 22 minutes tonight for the Bulls, he had 13 points and 11 rebounds. And so you think about that. You look at that and you're like, okay, did DeAndre Jordan even do his job? Like, was he out there? Like, DeAndre Jordan only grabbed three total rebounds. What was he doing out there if Andre Drummond was grabbing 11? I honestly thought that DeAndre Jordan had a pretty good game, especially in the second half. And I think the stats bear that out. Denver's bench allowed a 92 defensive rating tonight. 13 minutes. They were only a minus three despite committing nine turnovers. Bruce Brown had six of those. DeAndre Jordan had two. I think Murray had one while he was actually Jeff Green had two. Uh, but that group, they struggled to hold on to the basketball. I think Alex Caruso giving some problems there. Andre Drummond is pretty good with his hands as well. They struggled on the offensive end. And Jamal, I think, contributed to that, especially in the first half. But in the second half, Denver really locked in with that bench unit defensively. They also had some good moments in the in the first half, but most of it came in the second half where Chicago, they could have had a comeback, especially when bench guys started filing in, but it never really was a problem. It never really like was an actual issue. I think Jordan deserves some credit for that. He had a block tonight. Bruce Brown had a block. Jeff Green had a block. Denver, they only allowed eight offensive rebounds tonight compared to 31 defensive rebounds. So that's a pretty good ratio. Nothing crazy. But I I liked what Denver did defensively with that group. And I think that it's better than having Porter, Jeff Green, and DeAndre Jordan out there. Because when you have Bruce Brown and Christian Brown out there, that lineup just makes more sense from a defending wings standpoint. It's why I think Denver should probably go to that group with MPJ at the four at times if he's staggering with the second unit, especially when Bones is back. But I do think that you had some opportunities to showcase, okay, how is that bench unit going to operate? They're going to be a defensive unit. They're going to be a group that limits the opposing team and their chances. I thought the offense was pretty slow with that bench unit, and you don't necessarily want it to be fast. With Murray out there, with Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan out there, you don't want it at a snail's pace, but you want the pace to be pretty low. You don't want a lot of opportunities for the opposing team because a team with like Alex Caruso, Derek Jones Jr., those guys are and Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, guys like that, those guys are going to try to get out in transition and, and really run you. So Denver kind of playing at their own tempo, even if the offense wasn't going great, I honestly thought that that was the right call. It's just when Murray wasn't going from an offensive standpoint, Denver didn't have a lot of great answers in the first half. In the second half, I thought Jeff Green had a couple of nice post-ups, created some offense there as well, had a couple assists. I thought Christian Brown had some really good plays on the offensive end as well. Nine points, three of six from the field, one of two from three, two free throws. He did some good things, uh, had a nice corner three for sure. I don't remember if that was KCP or who that who that was, but 
somebody dished it out to him and he got a wide open three out of it and canned it. That's what you need him to do. He also had a nice DHO where he curled into the middle of the floor and didn't really have that much of an angle, but he shouldered somebody out of the way. I don't remember if it was Patrick Williams or if it was somebody else, but shouldered somebody I think that was bigger than maybe it was Javante Green and just muscled his way up for a, a finish in the interior. That's what you want. That's what you want Christian Brown to do. And him getting those opportunities, Jeff Green getting those opportunities, Bruce Brown created some offense for himself and others in this game. When you get those guys contributing a little bit, it helps out a guy like Jamal. It helps out somebody where you have that lead ball handler. He's going to contain, he's going to like have a lot of attention brought on him. Alex Caruso was out there to try to take away Jamal Murray. Ayo Dosumu, same thing. Those guys were trying to take him away. So the rest of the team's kind of playing four on four in a lot of those situations. And so Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, Christian Brown, even DeAndre Jordan, they started taking advantage of that a little bit better in the second half. So I like the progression. Denver's figuring some things out. It's not like, like what I prefer Zeke Naji playing over DeAndre Jordan sometimes. I actually don't think that this was a great matchup for Zeke. Andre Drummond really hurt him in the last Chicago Bulls matchup in the preseason. But I do think that there will be opportunities for Zeke, just not necessarily tonight with a big body like Drummond out there, who I thought like he got some numbers, but I thought DeAndre Jordan played him reasonably. Like Andre Drummond was still a minus eight out there. Now, DeAndre Jordan was a minus five himself, but c'est la vie. Either way, bench lineup, figuring some things out, doing okay, not necessarily doing anything crazy. But when Bones comes back, and they probably go back to Michael Porter as the main stacker, I want to see Bruce Brown and Christian Brown still get those opportunities. Because Bruce Brown wasn't great defensively tonight, but he was fine. Christian Brown was the better defender, and there will be some nights where Christian Brown is just the better defensive option because he has a little bit more size. It was interesting watching Zach Levine go against Christian Brown. There was one play where they were just like staring at each other, and they're the same size. Like Zach Levine, 6'6", usually bigger than a lot of the guys that Denver throws at him. Zach Levine was able to shoot over a guy like Bruce Brown not necessarily the case with Christian Brown. That's where you're hoping to see from a guy like Christian. He's a wing defender. Bruce Brown, more of a point of attack guy. So you want to have both of those guys out there and you need another creator, somebody who can drive offense with them. So maybe that's Bones, in which case I keep coming back to the Bones, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, MPJ, Big Man X lineup, thinking that that's probably where Denver's going to ultimately end up. Haven't quite gotten that yet, but I do think it's coming. So we will see. But either way, let's take another break. When we come back, we will put a bow on this game and a bow on the road trip. We will be right back.
right, we're back. Final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let's wrap this one up by talking about the road trip, talking about this win. Three and one on the road trip. Three and one is a good record, no matter what road trip you on. No matter no matter what teams you face, honestly. Like even if Denver faced the bottom four teams in the league, three and one, you'd still take it because you're in a situation where winning on the road is hard, even if you're a great team. Sometimes you're not going to bring that focus every night. I thought Denver was focused every night on this road trip. I think Boston was just better than them, and they brought out some bad weaknesses uh, that Denver had. But overall, I thought this was a really good road trip. The Nuggets are now 5-1 and one in November, which if you listen to my podcast kind of predicting how November would go. I think I said nine and five and Denver's well on their way to that. Now you go four and four in these next eight games and still make that, which is great. That's that's where you want to be. You want to give yourself some flexibility. Now Denver, they have an opportunity to exceed that, which I mean, you want to try to exceed expectations at every single opportunity that you can. So Denver has an opportunity there if they choose to go that way. They're also plus five in the Doug Mostat. They now have more road uh, wins than they do road losses, which is cool. I think they're five and four, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Actually, I am mistaken. They are five and five on the road and four and oh at home. But Road wins minus home losses. I found out that that was a Doug Mostat. That's that's who I remember hearing it from. Five road wins, zero home losses. You're plus five. A reminder, if you're plus 15 by the end of the season on an 82-game season, you're 56 and 26. You've won 56 games, which that'd be a great year for Denver. So Denver's well on their way. Through 14 games of the season, they're already plus five. So in another 68 games, if they go plus 10, they'll be at 56 wins. That's a great pace. It's a great pace to set. And it's good that Denver's capitalizing on these opportunities. Like this road trip, Denver didn't have to win this one. Like they didn't have to go three and one. They could have gone two and two. They could have gone one and three. It wouldn't have been the end of the world. It would have been like, dumb because they're better than a lot of these teams. But nobody would be panicking, I don't think. And how you win, in my opinion, makes a difference. Even if some of the wins weren't necessarily perfect, Denver still gets some value from all of the games that they played on this road trip, even the loss. Against San Antonio, you were facing a home-and-home where you had previously beat San Antonio at home. It is really hard to beat a team on the road immediately after you beat them at home. And yet Denver found a way. They found the Jokic-Murray two-man game during that stretch. They locked in during the clutch. They found out a new way to win that they hadn't had last year. Against Indiana, they were down 18 in the third quarter. Jokic had five fouls in the early third quarter himself. And yet Denver battled. They showed serious resilience. The others on the team came up big. Aaron Gordon having like 16 rebounds. KCP, a lot of threes, including three important ones in the third quarter to keep Denver close. And Denver just 
weathered the storm until they got back to a situation where they could win the game. That's another game that Denver probably doesn't win. They don't find a way to win that game. Last year, they won it this year. And then against Boston, it was a pretty emphatic loss. Not necessarily Denver's best showing at all, but Boston's really good. They're one of the only teams that Denver's behind in the standings. Boston preyed on Denver's weaknesses, and it showed. It showed where the Nuggets are weak. It showed that they had some work to do. There's no doubt about that. Now, Denver didn't have Bones Highland in that game. They probably, like, that was a, a thing they probably didn't know was going to happen. And so, this, this game tonight against Chicago, they knew. And so, they were able to kind of game plan for it. And Murray staggered with the second unit instead of Porter. And it worked. But Denver learned some things from that Boston loss. And now against Chicago, you get the best game of the year from MPJ. You get Jokic having 14 assists and just four shot attempts. Basically got some in-game rest. That's objectively good. That's a good thing. Joker's not going to be tired, or he shouldn't be tired, towards the end of the season where you see wins like tonight where Joel Embiid had 59 points just to beat the Utah Jazz by like four or five. Denver dominated the Utah Jazz earlier in this year. Don't ignore the fact that they lost to them in the season opener. Ignore that. But another game like tonight where Jokic didn't really have to put in the extra effort, like the extra oomph in order to push the team over the top. They were over the top to begin with and never really came back. So this was a great one. Murray led the bench. Defense performed well from wire to wire. Here are the points that Denver gave up by quarter. 20, 27, 29, 27. No 30-point quarters. Nothing crooked. Denver's had that problem in previous games. Where 27, 29, and 27, those aren't great point totals to allow. But when taken all into account, along with one elite defensive quarter that Denver had where they allowed just 20, you allowed just 103 to the Chicago Bulls at home? That's pretty good. That's a pretty good number. Denver struggled with Chicago in the past. So getting them to only have 103, that's a pretty strong accomplishment. On this road trip, you're getting MPJ and Murray going in the same direction. That feels like a big win for this team. Jokic getting that in-game rest, as I mentioned, that's objectively good. It's not the strongest of competition, San Antonio, Indiana, Boston, Chicago, but there are no gimmies there. And there was a really hard game, a game that Denver should have lost, and they did lose to Boston. But they won the games that they were supposed to. And when you win the games you're supposed to as an elite team, you come out of it with an elite record. Denver's 9-4. and four. They're tied for the best record in the West right now with Portland for some reason. Utah, because they lost tonight to Philly, they're at 10 and 5, if I'm not mistaken. Did I read that right? Yeah, they're 10 and 5. Um, Denver's in a good spot. They're in a good spot. The only teams that are ranked above them in the standings at all are the 10 and 2 Milwaukee Bucks and the 10 and 3 Boston Celtics. Denver's 9 and 4. They're not that far off. Like could they have a better point differential? Sure. 
Could they be better in some of the blowout losses that they had? Sure. They only have four total. Only four total losses. So they're on great pace. But the fact is, they're not playing their best basketball yet. And yet, they've taken some good steps in the meantime to show that they can get to those levels. I don't think Denver's ever going to have an elite defense. I don't think they're ever going to have a group that can just get stops on a whim. At times, the Milwaukee Bucks were like that and are still like that, where you have Giannis, you have Brooke Lopez, you have Drew Holiday. Pair that all together, and it makes it look really easy from an offensive standpoint. Other teams are like that too. When Boston has all of their guys healthy, including Robert Williams, and they're all trying really hard, they just have great defensive personnel. Denver doesn't have great defensive personnel. They merely have good defensive personnel when everybody's healthy. They'll figure their stuff out. They will. But nobody can match what the Nuggets do on the offensive end when they are rolling the same direction. Murray's not playing his best basketball yet. Porter, he might be playing his best basketball. This might have been his best game of his career in this Chicago win. But I don't think the team as a whole is playing their best collectively yet, and yet they look great. The starters look great together. They are figuring some things out. Sometimes one guy will have a bad one, but when everybody's playing well, this team wins games like they win their minutes with the starting lineup, like 15 to 20 total minutes with that group. They'll win it by 20, which that's incredible. It's an incredible lineup to be able to go to consistently. And having the optionality to play Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Bones Highland, Jeff Green, lots of different guys off the bench, you have opportunities to mix and match and form some great lineups. And Denver's going through that phase. They are forming the lineups that are going to be necessary to win. And it takes time. Like You need to develop some chemistry. You need to develop some good habits. But they're firmly in that process right now. And everybody should be really pleased about where they currently stand. Could the defense be better? Yes. Could the offense be better? I still think yes, honestly. They're going to take their time with it. But ultimately, I think they're going to get to a pretty good place. I have a lot of great excitement for this team. Next week, this this coming week, they have two days off on Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday, my brother's birthday, they are going to play the New York Knicks at home, and then they will play two games in a row on the road in Dallas against the Mavericks. So this is a week where Denver has an opportunity. The Knicks, they just let OKC put up 145 points against them. So Denver, they can dominate that. And then Dallas, they have some good defensive personnel but I don't think they have anybody to really match up with Denver. So Denver has an opportunity to really score over this next week. The question is whether they will stay locked in defensively. Dallas is a great offense predicated on Luka Doncic. The Knicks, though they don't have a great offense, they can space the floor and they have some guys that can really mix and match it up. I think that Denver can go 3-0 during this week. They can. 
Am I going to predict that? No, because every time I predict something, I seem to reverse jinx about everything. But Nuggets fans should be excited about where the team stands. They should be excited about what happens if they can win this week. And they're setting themselves up in the long run for a really great stretch of basketball. Really excited for it. All right. That is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I appreciate all the love and support on the program, as always. I will be back probably tomorrow. I'll I'll probably do another podcast. I'm going to try to roll through these and give everybody the content that they deserve. Should be good. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys very soon.